Storyboard is a presentation of Isaac Pabi. Contents featured on this podcast are created and produced by Isaac Pabi and colleagues. The following content you are about to listen to is a work of fiction written, produced, and read by Isaac Pabi. Names, characters, places, and incidents are the product of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, events or locales is entirely coincidental or rights reserved. Christmas Cheer a story written and read by Isaac Pabi. The scents of the holidays were all up in the air, but it was only 2nd of December. Hopefulness, fresh beginnings, and merrymaking. Linda could sense them all as the cool breeze of the evening filled her lungs and she strutted gently into the parking lot in the company of one of her colleagues, Mr. Mike Anson. The time was a quarter past eight. They were almost always the last two to leave the office premises and even though it was very clear to Mike that Linda didn't make much of this quiet routine, it was one thing he always looked forward to. For him, she was everything a reasonable man should want in a woman. Poise, smartness, dedication and incredibly sexy. Her always radiant smile put the son to shame but that hadn't prevented him from noticing the sadness that lingered in her eyes even when she was beaming and he had wondered many nights to himself whether that silent sadness was the reason she had failed to notice the liking he had for her. Even now as they were making their way to their cars and she was saying something about getting home and straight to bed he wanted to interrupt her and ask if she would have dinner with him anytime within the Christmas holidays just for a change it would be nice. He was a 35-year-old man, smart, vibrant, and of course, over the years, he has received his share of praise on how easy he was on the eyes. Six foot tall, dark in complexion with good manners, any mother would want him as a son-in-law. What else could a man do to be noticed? Did you hear me? The rise in Linda's voice jolted him out of his thoughts, and quite awkwardly, he found her eyes. A little bit embarrassed, they smiled at each other. I hope I haven't been talking to myself, Linda said, chuckling softly. No, you haven't, he replied, with his own grin. My mind just strayed a little bit. 
but you were saying I didn't get the last part. He asked and Linda laughed. I was asking what plans she had for this Christmas, Linda said as they made it to her car. They were both bankers of Frontline Commercial Bank and soaring with their respective accounts. Linda joined the bank right after school and Mike was transferred to the branch about two years ago. They had known each other since then and his interest in her had been growing. It wasn't against office policy for colleagues to date. All they had to do was inform human resource about their decision and although he had been playing his cast rights for almost six months now, for her to notice him and agree to one of his dinner proposals, he was yet to see in a successful end. She always had something to do or coming up. To answer her question, he would love to say, just sit at the dinner table with me. Too much to ask? Instead, glowing with a smile, he lifted his head and sniffed the air. You smell the Christmas already, don't you? It's very intense this year, Linda chipped in as a reply. And I can't wait to be with my mother. I'm spending the whole time with her this year. Her last statement was enough to stop him from asking his next question. So he said something different. I haven't figured anything out yet. I'm a visit family too. Maybe finally meet the girl my mother says she has found for me. He added and Linda laughed. Her head fallen back and Mike was happy as he looked on that he could make her laugh like that. Your mother doesn't have any business looking for girls for you. You are capable of doing that all by yourself, she said in between laughter. Then why haven't I been able to get you to have dinner with me? Because I've been busy, Linda said. You know something always comes up. Yeah, right. Maybe one of these days very soon, he said and Linda smiled with a nod. Very soon, she repeated, knowing very well in her heart that she was not going to let it happen. It was a long story, one she wasn't ready to tell, but very much aware that dinner with Mike or anything else close to fraternizing beyond what they had now was never going to happen. So she'll go home now and leave the conversation here, she thought and exhaled softly. We'll call it tonight then, she said and Mike nodded. He sensed the shift in her emotions and didn't want to push it any further. Maybe he wasn't the kind of man she was looking for, but she certainly was a nice person to have around and he didn't want to lose that either, so he let it go. He stepped back as she lowered herself into the driver's seat and strapped her seatbelt. She started the engine and she waved at him. He lifted his right hand and waved back as she drove away, when love almost seems impossible. The phrase crossed his mind and he almost laughed at himself for sounding so poetic. He made it to his own car, drove out of the parking lot, calling it a night. The weeks sailed on and the holidays came along with merrymaking. Right after the holiday party, Having drunk and eaten very little but managed to say hello and wished everybody well with hugs, Lisa left the premises without Mike escorting her to the parking lot. He was chatting with the rest of the guys and she had her heart set on seeing her mother for that evening. They hadn't seen each other in three weeks and she missed her like crazy. Thus, she was driving to Kaswa right away. Her bags were parked and already sitting in the back seat of her car. As usual, she strapped her seatbelt when she was seated 
and like any experienced driver, managed a good reverse and off she drove out of the lively premises. Her heart was only yearning for her mother as she drove. They were best friends. The woman had over the years sacrificed so much for her. The one who stayed when her father left and never returned to see them or how they were faring. Her mother was the light of her life and every day Lisa hoped she was making her proud with all her achievements. Because growing up was tough and even though her mother didn't have enough, she worked hard as a petty trader to see her through school, right up to the university and in turn, Linda had vowed to make her the happiest and proudest mother on this earth. She hoped she was doing that every day. She hoped, suddenly, before she could even try to save herself, she saw the Toyota pickup truck coming her way with cruel speed, threatening to sweep her completely off the road. It was totally out of its lane. She tried to swerve it, but it was too late. In shock, she let go of the steering wheel and shut her eyes as she tried to scream, but she couldn't. Instantly, she felt the crashing of the pickup into her car and the sound of breaking windscreen raining down on her, even as her car ran into the ones behind. She felt her chest crash into the steering wheel and the taste of blood soiled her gum all at once. It was the last thing she remembered. She regained consciousness three days later with her mother sitting by her bedside in a private ward at Mark and Sons Hospital. Even though she was in some pain and her head bandaged, she was trying to share a decent conversation with her. She was a 29-year-old lady who set out to see her mother and spend the holidays with her. Little did she know that she wouldn't make it to the end of the trip and two days to Christmas, she would still be in the hospital with no assurance from her doctor of being discharged anytime soon. According to him, she would survive, but he needed to keep her under monitoring for a few more days. Thank God she didn't experience any severe cuts, a small one on her left arm and the few she sustained on her leg when she was being carried out of the car. According to the doctor, she was brought in unconscious and information on her phone led the good Samaritans who brought her in to call her mother and the young man who was also now practically living in the hospital with her, Mike Ansan. He left mother and daughter just about an hour ago with a promise to be back, and Mrs. Danso and the doctor didn't doubt that he would. It had been six days since Linda was admitted, and since the call went out to him, he had been at her bedside. Some colleagues have also come to see Linda, but Mike was always present, and his care and attention towards Linda was beautiful in her mother's eyes. She couldn't wait to hear all about him. Mike is a great young man, Mrs. Dancer said, hoping to broach the conversation her daughter seemed to be avoiding. Linda looked at her quietly for a while, knowing very well what her mother was trying to do. Yes, he is, she said, hoping she wouldn't say any more. Is he interested in you? Mrs. Dancer asked cautiously. Mom, I'm just asking, Mrs. Dancer said. He's here every day since you were brought in and he seems to genuinely care. 
Linda rolled her eyes. Don't they all think they have something to prove at the beginning? She said. Quite surprised, Mrs. Danso asked, What do you mean by that? Mom, he's just a friend and I don't want to talk about him with you. Linda insisted. You either must be really blind not to see that a young man is interested in you, or you are just not interested, which is which. Miss Danso won't let the conversation go. Mom, talk to me, Linda. I'm your mother, Mrs. Danso said. Haven't you always said I'm your best friend? Linda chuckled a little, even though her jaw hurt. She looked at her mother and said, Don't throw my words in my face. Mrs. Danso smiled. I just want to know him, she said plainly, almost like a child, and I've never seen you with anybody, or you've introduced me to your boyfriend. She paused and they continued looking at each other. Oh, you don't like men. If that's the case, then, mom, stop it, Linda said and wanted to laugh, but her head was in pain when she tried. They sat in silence for a while and Linda broke the silence. Of course I'm attracted to men, she said. And Mike is a great guy. Sometimes he seems perfect. He knows when to step forward and when to lay back, when to give you time and when to let you be. He shows me enough to let me know that he cares. I am not stupid, mom. I see it. But her mother interjected, already tired of waiting for the big butt which was the reason holding her daughter back. Linda sat quietly as tears glassed her eyes and her mother waited. I think about that and I doubt everything, she finally said. They never stay, they all leave, eventually. Linda said as tears streamed down her eyes and her mother watched quietly, trying not to cry herself. That is not true. Mrs. Danso said as tears ran down her face. That is not true. Then why did he leave us? Linda finally asked her mother the one question which had been tugging her heart for years. Yes, she knew her father left them when she was only eight years old. She left them for her mother's best friend and they went away and never came back. But why? She wanted to know why. People make choices, Linda. Mrs. Danso said softly, and he made his. We can't continue to pay for it. We won't. She tried to state it with conviction, but she only choked more on her words as tears got the best of her. What do you intend to do? Hmm? To live your whole life alone? Is that it? Her mother asked, praying her daughter would not give her the answer that would break her heart. But you survived it. Why can't I? Linda said tearfully and instantly her mother buried her face in her palms and cried for the broken young woman her little girl had become, paying for the sense of her father and denying herself a chance to love and to be loved. She shed tears for all the years she had been stuck herself in the pain Ken left her with and her seemingly inability to move on which had affected her daughter. The last they heard of Ken, he died of a deadly disease after Amelia left him. Apparently that piece of information didn't heal any of them. 
both of them were still stuck in the pain of the hurt he infringed on their heart 35 years ago. And now she was thinking it was about time they moved on, flipped the page over, and read another chapter. Early the next morning, when she returned to the hospital, they had breakfast together and spent some time talking about all the things they would have done if they weren't in the hospital. They touched on almost every interesting topic, and all the while, Mrs. Dunsell was trying to broach the issue they discussed the previous day which had suddenly given her a lot of insight into her daughter's head. She didn't want Linda to end up alone. She wanted her daughter to get married and have children and raise family she could go and visit and be proud of. She still believed in true love and wanted her to experience it for herself. The previous night she couldn't sleep and neither could she stop thinking about it until she came up with a plan. She took note of all the interesting things she had ever wanted to do with herself, but hadn't followed up on because of all the excuses she came up with. No more excuses, she told herself. She had spent enough of her life sitting around and worrying. It was time to start living, taking little chances here and there, and she was willing to start with the adult education class she had always wanted to enroll in. Maybe, if she shares some of her own aspirations with her daughter, she would realize she doesn't have to sit around and settle for crumbs when life was daring her to take more. So far, Linda had done well for herself. She had always been among the best of her peers. Now she was climbing the corporate ladder with success, but importantly, she wanted her daughter to know that she didn't have to pay for the sins of her father and no other man had to pay for those sins either. And so she broached the conversation and they started talking. Mrs. Danson mentioned how she had always wanted to go back to school, learn some English and perfect her spoken language. Linda was shocked as she sat in bed. Still, she had her head bandaged, listening to her mother. I've never been to the Kakum National Park, Mrs. Danson said. It's also one thing I want to do. I want to walk that high canopy and even try climbing Mount Nafajato, she said, and Linda laughed. What's funny? I'm not too old, Mrs. Danso said, and the boy chuckled. Linda was aware of what her mother was doing. She was trying to let her see the bigger picture and her possibilities. And in fact, since their conversation the previous day, she had been examining her life. How many men had she not turned down? All the good guys who seemed to have lots of potentials, but she had walked away from each one of them without care. Until yesterday, her mind was made up. She wasn't going to give any man a chance in her life, and even though she liked Mike very much, she was prepared to go along with her plan. But her mother was making her look at the bigger picture, that life didn't have to be lived, paying for the crimes and misdeeds of others, even if those people were your parents, because everybody had a chance to live their life the way they wanted. The good news was, she was no exception. So she has decided to open up, to realize her chances and make the best of them. She wasn't going to get to the end of her life, regretting all the opportunities she didn't take. No, that was not going to be her story.
That afternoon, she also shared her thoughts with her mother, and Mrs. Danso watched as the light in her daughter's eyes grew brighter than all the sorrow she had observed lingering in them the previous day. Linda was healing, she thought, and it would only get better from now on. Mike didn't fail to show up that afternoon. He brought oranges, pineapples, and a box of pizza. He sat with the mother and daughter, and as they ate, they shared a lively moment. The doctor came in and examined Linda's head and chest. She was feeling much better now, taking her tablets and relaxing as much as needed. The pain was losing hold of her body. The doctor told her that she would definitely be spending Christmas in the hospital, but not the new year. By then, she would be healed enough to be discharged. They thanked him for his good work and he moved on to see other patients. I don't want you to cook tomorrow, Mike told Miss Danso when the doctor left. I'll bring all the food and drinks. Christmas is on me, he said, and they all laughed. Can't I at least bring some of my favorite sobolo? You'll enjoy it, Miss Danso said, and Mike agreed. Linda watched how the two were comfortable with each other, and she smiled at her blessing. She didn't need to hold back her joy, not at all. Her father was the one missing out on all the fun. The thought crossed her mind and instantly, just like that, she relieved herself of all the sorrow she had known. Can't I at least bring some of my favorite sobolo? You'll enjoy it, Miss Dancer said and Mike agreed. Linda watched how the two were comfortable with each other and she smiled at her blessing. She didn't need to hold back her joy, not at all. Her father was the one missing out on all the fun. The thought crossed her mind and instantly, just like that, she relieved herself of all the sorrow she had known. Each one of them, like unholy birds, grew wings and flew away. For the first time in a long while, she felt very free, unstuck. Later that evening, when Mike was ready to take his leave, and promised to see her the next day, she had this to tell him. I think when I finally leave the hospital, we should set a date and have a proper fun time. Just you and me. One without my mother all up in our business. She said, smiling brightly like never before, because she was finally happy, ready to move on with the rest of her life and see what the future had in store for her. Mike was surprised, but couldn't stop smiling either. He knew this was going to be his best Christmas yet. The end. Thank you for listening to this episode. Favorite tales from Storyboard and help us share our content on social media.